Hello and welcome to the Stable Builder Show. I'm Sean Smith and I'm joined by Christopher Strickland. Good afternoon. And Sam Green. Hello. Are we all well? We are. Can't complain. I mean, you can. It's 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 in your nature, Sam. Uh, true. True. I mean, it's more Can't complain on the recording. Oh, okay, we'll wait to the to the after show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gentlemen, we are in the beginning of June. The Monaco Grand Prix was last weekend, and it was rubbish. But from that, oh, let me finish my intro. Uh, but from that, we've basically reached the one-third stage of Formula One in 2022. We're going to be discussing some of our reaction to the, those first seven races, uh, our takeaways, the uh, how the cars have been, how the new driver lineups, the new face of the championship is, and how we think it's going to progress through the year. Let's start with Monaco, since it's the most boring part of it. Cree? Well, I mean, I don't think Monaco was that boring. I mean, in the context of all of the other Monacos that have come before it, uh, I thought it was a very, very, very enjoyable race. I, I can't complain. I mean, I went into Monaco expecting nothing, and I came out with something, so I'll take that. Well, there you go, you, everybody. You came out with... You came out with a rainy day and three on track overtakes. Yeah, so that's oh, it. No, there was actually, I think there was a lot more overtakes than three. No, on, tr- on track. Did you see Pedal's overtake on Guan Yu Zhou? Or Zhou Guan Yu? I can't remember which one it is. No. Zhou Guan Yu. He um, basically, Zhou defends into the first part of Raska. Pedal goes wide. Zhou then goes wide in the second part, and Pedal just scooches up the inside. It's a great overtake. I recommend watching it. I just saw it. I will. I will say Pierre Gasly was on a bit of a mission as well, and he was doing some pretty. Uh, yes. He was. He was on. It's on such a mission that he finished outside the points. So there you go, everybody. If uh, if your idea of a really good afternoon is to uh, have an hour delay for a bit of rain and then watch free on track overtakes, Monaco Grand Prix. This is the one for you. There was mm. more than rain. There wasn't. There was there. There, there really was. There really there was. was. There was. Not counting lapped cars, that doesn't count. <laughs> well, that's right, because they didn't get out of the way. No, they can't. Um, <laughs> there's nowhere to go in Monaco, really. Uh, m- m- maybe he's counting Nicholas Tifi's uh, crash on the formation lap into uh, yeah, maybe. the heaven. The couple of the people that overtook him then. Yeah, okay, so we've got to give him, give, give Cree credit there. You know, it's just, yeah. For someone being literally out of the way, that counts as an overtake, and that's uh, yeah, yeah, a, a fantastic Monaco Grand Prix. Two um, overtake for the green flag. That's all right. I think uh, the Indy 500 happened later in the day. Had more overtakes than the entire season put together. But you know that's uh, another story for another day. Um, yeah. Right. So let's actually get into the the proper stuff. So 2022 Formula One has had its new aero rigs, which were meant to be last year's, but they weren't. Um, first off, yes or no? Do we think it's improved the product? I think it definitely has made them able to follow closer. Um. Which has lent itself, generally speaking, to better racing, I think. Okay, agree? Uh, yeah. I think you just had to look, and I think, was it Australia? I can't remember which race it was. You had, like, it was the mid-pack, and you had about, I'm not including the Alonso train from Monaco, but there was another race where there was literally a train of cars, and they were all within about a second of each other, or mm-hmm. like the... The lead car and the tail car was about a second from each other. And you're like, they've done that for like four or five laps now. Had that been the 2021 car, that wouldn't have, they would have all been like between four and five seconds apart. And you would have had to have had somebody on, a, on an absolute mission to get through the field. So I would definitely say the, the um, 
the uh, new regulations have made it much much easier to follow okay and i completely agree with you so that's the, i think the first time in uh, three years that we've done the <laughs> or the podcast that's uh, that's actually happened so congratulations yeah. all there we go. yeah but um i think the new cars have done a good job um they've still got their flaws get it because the ground effect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they got this. They still got their problems, um, but it is a better. Um, they're, they're better than the last gen cars. There's no. They're better looking. Yeah, they look a lot better. I think. Um, I did quite like the Aero Monster cars that the outgoing rules were in no. the end. But when they first came in, I was just like, they're just massive. This, um, the cars are still enormous now. They still are. They're noticeably smaller, but when you compare them to... I think I saw a video... Um, I think it was maybe also Sport or Motorsport TV or something like that, I don't know. But one of them did an interview at Alpine, and they had Alonso's championship-winning car um, from 05? That's one of them. One of them. Um, and next to it was a mock-up of this year's car, which admittedly was a mock-up, but was still obviously a full-scale car. Mm-hmm. And genuinely, the 05 car was probably half the size. So, so small by comparison. Similar and story. Yeah, I saw that. Similar story for me is that when I went to McLaren a couple of weeks ago, uh, I went to the Tar- McLaren Technology Centre. Well, I did. It's a fact. <laughs> um, yeah, you get. I, I get to see. It's got to see all the the old cars I have on show there. Um, and yeah, the those 2000s cars really are as small as people say they were um they're not big at all well i think no, somebody, i think then. somebody says that the new car has a bigger footprint than a range rover which i think is mad that you is know it's the pink so performance vehicle and it's got a bigger footprint than a range rover so i mean is, we saw the I mean, effect of you know sorry, they're wide. Sorry. no we know they're wide but you would have thought that they're noticeably shorter now. They're quite square, aren't they? Whereas before yeah. they were like a double decker bus. They were yeah, but really they're, long. they're still like five meters long, aren't they? There's something. Yeah, they're like five meters long. Was it two meters wide? Something? Yeah, still, it's no, two it's two meters yeah. wide, definitely. Yeah, it's like, um, I think it's a. I'm I'm hope, I'm glad that I don't know if you've seen the 2026 aero regulations, but they've mentioned that they want to decrease the size of the vehicles. And I think a good and a prime example was that was Mick Schumacher's crash at the Monaco Grand Prix. Had that been an L5 car, probably wouldn't have been as scary to look at, um, and it, it probably wouldn't have had the same physical forces, um, and you nice, wouldn't have had yeah. the car, and you wouldn't have had the same split in half. Um, so I'm glad that they're looking at they've actually admitted, hang on, with the cars are way too big. Hey, I don't know. It's necessarily the the size of the car was the main issue with Mick's crash, um, and then the splitting in half. I think. Well, the way it was the problem made a lot. It was a, it was a combination of the two. Well, they said. I think the, the, the splitting in half. I don't. I think that's really, although it's obviously quite shocking to look at and to see. I don't think it's really an issue because no. when you think about it, the way that car twisted, if anything. Getting rid of that massive heavy chunk at the back of the car probably reduced the stress on Mick. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think that's a good thing, really. Oh yeah, I think it looked very dramatic, and you go, Jesus Christ, he split the car in half. But actually, there wasn't a fireball like Grosjean. It wasn't ripped off of the engine and bursting the fuel tank. It was 
it was a crash. It was a heavy crash, obviously, but he was fine. And part of the reason for that is because the car came apart as it was designed to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, it very much was, the comparison was made in Monaco that uh, although it's uh, another Haas car that's split in half, the uh, result of the accident is completely different, fortunately. Um, yeah. And yeah, as you're right, it, it would actually take the inertia and all the rest of it away from um, away from the, the, safe, the safety cell driver. So I've just had a look on, a, on our, our mate's Google and uh, the old cars are indeed significantly shorter in terms of their length. Uh, mm. The last gen Ferrari apparently is... This is according to Reddit, so uh, definitely put takes with a very large pinch of salt. Uh, it's um, 5,712 millimetres long. The F2007 Ferrari is 4,545, so more than a metre shorter from nose, nose to the rear wing. Uh, it's a pretty similar story throughout the 2000s, and the 90s cars, which everyone can see, are, they are smaller than... Uh, and what we have today, uh, 4.38 metres. So, yeah, more than a metre longer these days. Yeah, which obviously is a big um, a big difference, let's face it. Hmm. I mean, these things are, big, are bigger than um, World Endurance Championship cars in terms of footprint. Yeah, they are huge. They're massive, aren't they? Um, and, I mean, yeah, even if you reduce the size, that's obviously... I think if they have basically the same car, just a bit smaller that would work well personally purely because you're still going to have the ground effect so you can run close together but you're going to have less porpoising because you'll have less ground effect but also the cars are generally smaller and you can fit two wide or three wide down most of the circuit mm -hmm. which is always handy yeah it i think that was the biggest question for me on with the cars coming to monaco was can you get two cars side by side Genuinely, I was thinking to myself, you can, but like it was, you know, threading the needle type stuff. Whereas in the past, like you look at, um, and it was controversial, but you look at Schumacher's incident where he blocked, was it 2006, where he blocked the entrance to the pit lane? Oh, I got roughly around about that. Sense. Yeah. Basically, parked his car at Raskas. Yeah. Um, albeit his car was parked horizontally or perpendicular to the track direction. You technically would still get a car through, whereas I reckon if you did that in one of the modern cars, no, that's blocked. I mean, you look at Perez oh, so when he crashed when point. he crashed at Portier, like he literally blocked the entire track. Like Carlos Sainz couldn't do any more to get out of his way. I mean, he probably could. He could have slowed down. He slowed down. <laughs> 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 like, you just don't expect to come across a car. No, I mean, no, I mean no, if, if, if there's double wave yellows, you might you might do actually, but uh, that's a different yeah. a different subject. Which is um, the uh, the teams, uh, the new driver lineups in 2022. Uh, mm. Obviously, we've seen uh, well, really, really, there's only one that matters, and that's George Russell going to Mercedes. But um, he is smashing it, isn't he? Is he, or is he just very lucky? No, I think he's doing a really good job in a car that is not as good as he was hoping it was going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he is. Where is he in the championship now? He's still fourth in the championship, and up until Monaco, I think he was second or third. Like he was really high up, and he's the lowest he has finished so far this season is fifth, which I think is pretty good. Um, had two podiums so far, 
Which is one more than his teammate. You'll be glad to hear. <laughs> I'm very happy uh, to that, but that's cool. a different story. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, when you compare George Russell to seven times world champion Lewis Hamilton, everyone thought coming into this season, George is going to be the number two. Clearly, he's the number two. He's just going to get moved out of the way as soon as it's convenient. But actually, no, he is currently like quite a long, well, two positions in the championship ahead of his teammate and consistently faster. On well, the he's, track. he's also just looked more comfortable in every single race, more or less, apart yeah. from, I think, round one where he trailed. I mean, I did, um, I did hear an interesting theory uh, from a friend of mine at work who, uh, who said that the reason that George Russell is so quick in the Mercedes this year is because he's used to driving terrible cars. <laughs> And that Lewis is just oh. surprised about how bad the car. No, that's okay because all all the Lewis fanboys will then go, "Oh, now Lewis has driven a terrible car in 2009." Once, well, he did ever. like half the season. Yeah. <laughs> so um, therefore, it's not possibly fair for to do that comparison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, I'm, I'm I might be I might be paraphrasing there slightly, but uh, maybe ever so slightly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Um, no, I mean it's uh yeah, I think it's it's good to see George doing well and he's it's exactly what we expected of him maybe in a couple of seasons time or next season, maybe not this year. And he's just pull pulling it out of the bag and he's doing a solid job and he's getting quicker and he's more comfortable in the car. It's just all falling towards George really, isn't it? It's it is. all good. And it's at the same time we have a mm, free-ish tea, top team battle. Um, yeah. at the top with Red Bull as Max Verstappen currently leading the championship Sergio Perez debatably should be higher but he's I believe third in the standings right now um, yes. now of course then Charlie, Charlie Clark in second place and Charlie Sainz in fifth place now let me put it, ask, you, ask you to this question when was the last time we had three teams with six as equal as they are now drivers in the standings, mm. quite a long time. Uh, twenty twelve. Okay. To two thousand twelve. I say, is is that a because that was? Or? I mean, it wasn't quite six drivers in three different teams, but it was Mark Webber, Vettel, Alonso, yep. Jensen Button, Lewis Hamilton. I think that was it. Oh, that's five Cree. So that's 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 no good, is it? I'm bloody close enough. <laughs> is there another one? 15. I'm going to say Felipe, was it Felipe Massa just because he was in the other Ferrari. Yeah, but Matt Felipe, as much as I love Felipe, wasn't as close as he. Mm, no, but maybe. still, that, that would be the season I would compare it to, just okay. because you had five drivers going into the last couple of rounds. I mean, we, that might not be the case this season. I suspect, even though people are sort of like like jumping on the hype train of Sergio Perez for world champion, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's had two really good races. <laughs> well, no, that he's doesn't not. Make a world championship. No, that's not fair at all because he should have won Saudi. Should have won Saudi. Yeah. What happened in Saudi? Safety car. Um, well, yeah, that's just shit. Look at him. And arguably, he could have potentially won in Spain had he should have swapped the two drivers. Mm, I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have won, but uh, it would have no, been nice. They should, but, but do we? Do we agree with the team orders? No. No. Absolutely not. Do I not agree with team? No, no, no. The, was it the fifth race of the season? Yeah, round five or 22. Mm. It's not a good I think, that, I think that was more of a get Verstappen 
I think they were looking at taking the lead of the World Championship as opposed to winning the World Championship. There's I think no... that's what they were going for. But if Sergio had won that race, he could have taken the lead of the Championship. They could have had a 1-2 because Leclerc was out of the race. Yeah, no. Not saying you're wrong. But let's be honest, which... What person on the planet ever thought Sergio Perez wasn't a number two driver? Oh no, I completely. Okay. When he signed for Red, when he signed for Red Bull, everybody knew that he was a number two driver. So okay, great. Anybody me... expecting him not to back out and sort of let Verstappen through? I'm sorry, but no, that's that's, that's a fair point. point but that's a fair point. But let me cast your minds back to 1999. When Michael Schumacher hit, um, yeah, when I hit, was five, yeah, exactly. Sure, I was seven. Michael, yeah. Michael Schumacher crashed at Silverstone, seven. broke his leg for the season. Who stepped up to challenge McHagen for the championship? Eddie Irvine, and how did he nearly win that championship? I'll never know. Well, my point, my point is, what if Verstappen yeah, had something very, very similar? Then they would need to have Sergio Perez on side and as good as they can be and as close as he can be to the title to have a chance of it. Yeah, and I think. Had that have been a now, call of Sergio, he's on a different strategy, we're going to swap over. You go, all right, if it's a strategy thing, fine. But it wasn't. It was just Max is faster, let him through. But no, if, I wouldn't even do that. I'd, I, I, really. would, I would say that Max, Max is coming. He's on soft tyres or whatever, whatever he was on at the time. Um, make sure not to not hit each other but and, and race fairly. That'd be fine. I wouldn't have had a problem with that. That would be, yeah. If, if Max overtakes him... Fine, but realistically, we know DRS was Verstappen gonna get well. Past him? <laughs> different story with Max's DRS that race, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll see. I don't think I that Sergio is gonna do doing, he's doing a good job, he did a great job. He's got four podiums already this year. Yeah, do you know, I expect him to win at Baku as well. I'd love it to because he went really, I think he did, he won last year, but he, he was, was right behind really well. Max when uh, when the tire blew out. Yeah, mm. so I, I can't see him not winning. He could win Mexico as well. Oh God! Could you imagine? I just suddenly thought the porpoising at Baku. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna be horrible. It's so much. Yeah, but a lot of the teams have solved their porpoising. Well, well, I mean, to a point. And in, remember, this is going to be a high downforce. Shall we talk about the porpoising generally? Yeah. So, so go on, go on, we... Sam. Tell tell the viewers what the reason for the porpoising is. What it is, and so it's simply is is that ground effect pressure building underneath the car and then it basically sucks the car into the track and then stalls and it springs back up on the suspension and that repeats the faster you go the bigger pressure you get and then the quicker it can rebuild so as they get further down the straight the porpoising gets faster and worse um so somewhere like baku which actually is a street circuit generally so you need a fairly high downforce level but is a very, very long straight at the end of the lap, I think it's going to be very bad. Now, we, well, we're going to have a we massive accident. Solved by this, didn't we? We thought it was going to be solved by like race two or three, didn't we, Sean? We said this earlier in the year. We've, I definitely thought it would be solved quickly, yes. it's. Uh, I think we said at the Even time, por of... porpoising in the, the very, very, very generic sense is similar to if you fill up a bottle of Coke or whatever, and then literally pour it upside down, and you hear it go glug glug glug, and you see you see the air bubbles go through it. It's the same thing. Um, pressure bubbles. Yeah, basically. pressure. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, I, I thought it'd be finished by now. You see, the Ferrari still has it. 
the Mercedes definitely still has it. Mercedes really struggles with it in, in certain tracks, not all circuits. In some Spain, it didn't seem too bad, but then it was really bad in Monaco. So um, I don't know. Red Bull seem to have solved it, or for the most part, and I think Ferrari are making good. Well, Ferrari have it, but they don't seem to care. <laughs> the car doesn't yeah. seem to react. I think the car is that good that it just doesn't matter. They just get on with it. Mm. Um, whereas I think the Mercedes, it's maybe highlighted more because of how bad the car is everywhere else. As if they were still winning races and they were porpoising, it wouldn't matter. And that's the same with what Ferrari's got now, really, isn't it? Yeah. The other teams don't seem to suffer with it as much, or maybe it's just not publicised. Well, well no, they're just much. too slow, so no one looks at them. Yeah. Um, speak, yeah. Speaking I mean, of... the Alpha gets it, but... Yeah, but the Alpha Tower is so rubbish this year compared to the last two years. They looked pretty good for most of Monaco. Well, no. Gazi was just on the right tyres for mm. a bit of it. They're currently seventh. He did, he did uh, forget where he was going a couple of times. <laughs> well, you know, he's a long way from home. Well, true. Um, let's talk. Well, we've, we've spoken about some of the, te the cars. They are better looking. They've had different innovations because the Ferrari, Rebel and Mercedes all have completely different ways of going about around a track quickly, uh, which is nice to see um, mm. because <laughs> we've, we've already seen that uh, other teams have already started to uh, take, um, what's the word? Influence, I suppose. Yes, inspiration yeah. from from, uh, from from those top three, which are the Green Ball team down, down from Silverstone. They, they've seemed to have done well. Yes. Um, <laughs> did you uh, did you catch what Red Bull were drinking on uh, Friday practice in Spain? Uh, that was, was it some clever banter? No. What was it? It was it was Red Bull Green Edition, <laughs> which is, like guava flavor or something. Never heard of it before. But, I'd love yeah. to shake the hand of the advertising person who decided that was <laughs> yeah. a great whatever, idea because that was epic. Whatever media person came up with that, well played, good job. It would have been funnier uh, if they had some better water technology um, drinks on there. Yeah. Oh, actually, oh, no, hang on. Oh, no, I just forgot they don't actually sponsor them anymore. Never mind. No. Um, but, uh, no, I just, yeah. Uh, we, we've seen this happen before, haven't we? What? Uh, the tracing point. Tracing point. <laughs> yes. Um, now I don't think it's as I fair. Got, I got a problem with no, I, I I don't think it's. I, with I don't think it's this is a, a, as fair a comparison because I don't think the, no. the green ball is actually very similar to the. No, I mean it's, it's one element which eventually they're all going to end up moving towards the same solutions anyway, aren't they? That's fine because clearly if you're racing someone and their part is better than yours you're going to copy that part in some way let's be fair to them that. they did say that they were developing this conjointively throughout the end of the last year so if okay. that's true fair enough that's that's just what's yeah, but then equally why has no one kicked up a big fuss about the blue mercedes i.e williams mm. with their with their very slim Side pods, not as slim as the Mercedes, but you know, pretty close. Yeah, but it's not really a blue Mercedes. There is no significant differentiation. Oh no, just the, just the whole back end of the car, the front, the suspension, well, that's half engine. Down to the fact that Williams are a customer of Mercedes when it comes to the parts that you can buy through legal reasons. Oh, okay, so so just because um, Green Bull don't pay Red Bull some money 
to have a similar looking car that's that makes it okay does it well i think the problem was that the, the people assumed that aston martin were doing it illegally whereas williams are doing it legally that's the i think that's the problem people have is if aston martin are doing it illegally then they should be punished whereas williams are doing it legally through legal means and so there's not really any problem ultimately do we think the is it, there's actually any case here I don't well, think so. no, I mean, if you're going to talk about cars getting similarities, take a 2021 F1 car, doesn't matter which one it is, paint it black and tell me which team it is. Oh, don't do that Ross Braun shit that he... <laughs> Honestly, take, take a 2021 F1 car, paint it black and then tell me which team it is, because I'm I think you can. Confident. I'm confident I could decipher <laughs> at least the top four teams. If you told me, if you did that in 2008, I could do all of them. If you did it in 2008, the cars were totally different. Yeah, in 2008, there was significant differences. Fine, if I took, if I took a, I just don't care about the current cars. Tracing point. If I took a tracing point and painted it black, I bet you couldn't tell me if it was a Mercedes or not. <laughs> I bet I could, especially if you painted it black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, this is this is my point. This is my point. Is like people are going on about how the, the Aston Martin has taken the same design cues from Red Bull, but. Well, yeah, I, but I, if don't, you take, I don't think it is that similar. Know, if you look from 2014 to 2021, the cars did develop. You know, the beginning of that period, they were all very radically different. But by the end of it, well, maybe not 2014, from when they got wider, so 2016. 17. You know, by the end of it, they all, funny enough, ended up at the same point and they all just looked essentially, exactly the same. Essentially, it's survival of the fittest, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. The fastest idea is the one that everyone will go with. Um. Yeah. I think the Mercedes, well, if the Mercedes you concept becomes, if the Mercedes concept becomes like the go-to, I reckon that'll be bloody difficult to follow, because that's not just an aero package; that's an entire redesign of the power unit. You'd expect which, it, considering it doesn't seem that way, though, does it? <laughs> it doesn't seem like that is going to be miraculously the renovation of the season so far. Let's face it. No. But you know, I, well, the problem is, is if you did, if that was the fastest design, you you've got the power unit freeze at the end of the year, which means that to some extent, no people can't copy if they haven't, you know, if their power unit doesn't fit the package. Okay, but it's know, it's it's going to be the case that you'd expect the Mercedes customer teams, for example, to be able to take more of a cue from the works car. Um, and equally the same for Hassan. Oh, hang on, Sean. Are you suggesting that there is a difference between the works Mercedes power unit and everybody else's Mercedes? Because according to the regulations, that's not meant to be the case. Oh, I don't think I said that, Sam, did I? No, that's no not I mean, you were indicating that. I didn't say that at all. The works I just, I, Mercedes I... is... <laughs> the, the works Mercedes is a works Mercedes. And no, customers I, no can't, I was talking about aero, you don't have... <laughs> I was, I, was, I was saying it, it, with the internal packaging as it should be the same between all the cars it'll be easier for someone to vacuum form a, a body onto it I'll let you off what has happened there Cree is you weren't quite listening <laughs> not for the first time <laughs> when I talk no, when I I'll let, no no I was listening I'll just let you off <laughs> yeah yeah sure we'll, we'll go with that um, well, next topic uh, Lando Norris. He's doing alright, isn't he? 
Yeah, he's had a bit of a mixed bag so far. I mean, he's four, He's more than four times ahead of his teammate in terms of points, but, you know... I... Yeah, I'd call it a mixed bag as well, wouldn't you, Sean? No, no, I mm. mean, in, in terms of his actual results, he's been pretty solid. I mean, he's had... A podium. Out of... Yeah, he's had a podium. He's been in the top ten for all but two races, um, which is pretty good. No, you know, no, it's, it's a mixed bag getting a third place when you have the seventh fastest car on track. Uh, but... <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying is he's not been solidly fifth, for example. Oh, I, don't know. Bit... I don't know about you, Sean, but I think getting to eighth with tonsillitis in a baking hot Spanish Grand Prix, nah, that's not being on it, is it? But... So it was what, sorry? I know, well, no, it was eighth. I was looking at the wrong column. My ah, bad. you see? No, it was eighth. Um no, but I do, I do agree, and that was a pretty heroic drive, really, considering by the end he couldn't even speak. He was in that yep. much pain, he couldn't even I mean, that, make, that makes a nice, a nice difference for McLaren drive, for Waffle Norris sometimes, because he does sound a bit, like a, a bit like a child on the radio, occasionally. It's because he's got Belgian in him. As I found out, he's actually Belgian. Got uh. a bit of Belgian in him. I don't know, did you know that? No. Yeah, his, mum, his mother is Belgian. Yeah. But it's why he speaks a bit... Not, it's like when he speaks, you're like, well, you're English... You've grown up your whole life in England, but why do you have like a really odd accent? And that's the reason. Oh, the more you know. Yeah. You no more you know. Meanwhile, Daniel Ricciardo is not doing well. No, been very disappointed. Um, do we get Do Daniel. we get the Alan the Alan Sugar meme pointing at him yet or not? <sighs> I mean, what, fight? no, he did no, he deserves a bit longer. Uh, I'd give yeah, him two two races. Longer. He's only had one race with points. I mean. When when Lando is consistently in the points and doing a pretty solid job, you've got to say he's not even like he's just missing out on points a lot of the time. He's quite a way down. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he'll go mid-season. I doubt it's going to get that bad. <sighs> But I don't know, to be totally honest. Is, is Ricardo too big of a name and too much money of a signing to kill off halfway through a season? Um I think probably is. I think he is. Um I think certainly when you think about who McLaren would have to bring in that would be completely unproven, generally speaking, because it's not as if they could bring in a driver they know well because they're already in cars. Um, Contracts so are there to be broken. Well, no, that's true. But but realistically, let's think. Who who could McLaren actually bring in to fill that seat? Patricio O'Ward. Who? Patricio O'Ward. Right. Um, or um, Antonio Giovinazzi. That won't happen. Uh, <laughs> Nick DeFries, Stoffel Van Dorn. Yeah. Van Dorn. I don't know if it's, as we would see him back, but maybe Nick DeVries. But again, he's unproven in Formula One. Yeah, he's right. a good driver, don't get me right. You know, he's, he, but he's not got a track record in Formula One. No, just, every, um, just everything else he's ever touched. Well, yeah. And, and well, even. even even in the Spanish Grand Prix, where his practice session, he was pretty decent. I didn't actually see that, so I, don't, I can't comment on that. Okay, well, just take my word for it. Okay. I don't think I'll <laughs> hire somebody from the Mercedes group, to be honest. I think if you're going to look at putting someone in, you're looking at long term. So you, I, I, if it was me, I'd be tempted to poach... Um, Hulkenberg? 
No, the other Aussie, oh, Piastri. I'd get Oscar from Renault. Sorry, you just yeah, said you just I, you just said contract. you just said I want to look long term. Let's go for Renault's third driver. Well, no, I'd get him out of his contract. I'd say, look, you can join us, but you can't be a Renault driver anymore. Then it won't happen, will it? Yeah. I well, think... let's be honest. Why? Why is he going to take over Alonso's second seat? I suppose. Yeah. Well, I suppose Alonso will at some point need a need a walking stick. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, we are. This is the trouble, like with the current situation with Piastri, is that he's in a situation now where he's not racing this year. Now that's not great. Well, especially if you're, it. is he F two champion? He was F two champion last year, and now he's not got a seat. If McLaren said to him, "We'll give you a seat," I'm sure. If it meant maybe, maybe if it, even if it meant like a two year contract or something, or the end of next season at the very least, like a one and a half. Um, I I think he would do that. Maybe not for half a season, unless he was very very confident. Well, okay, put it this way: if it came to him tomorrow morning, he's got fourteen races to prove himself, and the back in the day, that used to be a whole season. Well, that's well. This is what I mean. He's got time to prove himself if he thinks he can jump in that car and immediately be quicker than Ricardo, who is a Grand Prix winner. Let's face it. Um, but Danny's just not doing a great job. Speaking of not doing a great job, um, well, we sort of mentioned Aston Martin already, but uh, let's do let's do them again. They've uh, they've not done well. No. I don't think they're going to quite get to my um, my, my position in the championship. I put them at the start of the season when we when we looked at their opening launch pictures. Um, yeah, before we'd seen a, a single <laughs> wheel turn on track where we guessed. Yeah, yeah and I went, ah, fourth place, boom. <laughs> or maybe third, I don't know, I put something stupid. Um, they're currently ninth, just four points ahead of Williams, uh, with, I think, only one point, no, two, okay, two tenth places for Lance Stroll, and two points finishes for Vettel of a tenth and an eighth. I think Vettel is driving the socks off that car. I I think he's doing what like Albon and George have done in like the Williams. Okay. If I'm honest, I think Vettel is. Or it might not necessarily be showing the pace he had when he was a world champion, but I I do think he's driving the socks off that car to get it. Well, he's got a couple of Q3s recently. As you see, he's got a couple of points finishes. Which, let's be honest, the Alfa Romeo is faster. The McLarens are faster, the Alpine are faster, and on its day, the Alfa Tauri is a faster car. Haas so like as well. To, out, to be, and well, yeah, on its day, the Haas as well is a faster car. So, like, when you look at all the other fields, you just kind of think to yourself, how is he scoring points? Like, genuinely, how is he scoring points? And well, he is. I mean. And I think, all right, Vettel's had a poor start to the season, but I, I think he's the. He's, there's a bit of a bit of a glimmer there. I mean, hope. considering of so far. Vettel in the four races that he has done, five out of the, uh, was it five? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, because no, he had eight. missed two and it's been seven. Okay, so sorry, four, four that he has finished. Should yep. we say that because he retired <laughs> from Australia? <laughs> that was yeah. awful. Um, that was such a terrible performance. It was, um, but that was, he's still outscoring Lance Stroll. That's what I was about to say. He's every season. He's kicked so Stroll's ass. Yeah, I think Seb's doing a very good job in a very bad car by this by all accounts. So um I think you're probably right, Cree. He's he's driving, outperforming the car, he's driving it well, but 
when the car is that bad, it just isn't going. It's just not functioning. And it, and to be fair as well, Bain turned up with a um, an interesting design on the floor, uh, and everyone thought, well, this is going to revolutionise their pace. They're going to be really fast. Still won't. But you think about how good the Red Bull is with that floor, and then compare it to what the Aston Martin did with the same, well, very, very similar components. I thought it was the side pods they were getting cross about, the Red Bull. No, it was the... It was a bit of everything. It's the whole aero package. So, okay. I, I, I loved Stroll's comment. Which did one? you see his comment about when, after the, I think it was after FP2, something like that. It was before qualifying, where, no, sorry, it was after qualifying, where somebody asked him, oh, what do you think of everyone's opinions on on how that you're copying the red bull and he turns to them and goes well if we were copying the red bull we wouldn't be two seconds slower <laughs> and i thought yeah bloody right there yeah you do this like if you look at when they were um tracing point yeah they were on pace if not sometimes faster than the Mercedes. well maybe not well, there are a few attempts down they were yeah. On pace. yeah they were on pace with the mercedes if you were co- if you were genuinely copying the car you wouldn't be two seconds off the pace so, well, obviously, I, 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 I like to give them the benefit of the doubt, but we have seen that team copy in the past, which is the problem. I'd say Maybe had it, been a, had it been another team, it might have been a different story, but because it's that particular team. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying earlier, but it's we, we have, have known people who have worked in uh, the Silverstone-based team. Um, I don't know if they... Still work there now. I'm not going to not going to name just in case, but uh, it must be quite disheartening for everyone who's at still so that's at them that team to go through this pain at the minute. Well, you go from what was it 2020? You had Sergio Perez winning the the oval or the roval at Bahrain. Yeah, you know that high of like genuinely having a good car to literally having something that deserves to be in the bin. <laughs> But equally, you know, that's what happened with uh, Honda back in the day, and then they made the brawn. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. so, well, so, the so, so, once Aston Martin sell their team to Audi, you know, that then Audi are going to win the championship. Yeah, maybe Absolutely. that's what they need to do. <laughs> History repeats and all that. Yeah. Um, um, are Aston Martin or Alpine the biggest disappointment so far this year? I'd say Aston. I don't. I think Alpine. Has been. I think Alpine's been quietly, confidently good. Been all right, haven't they? They've had quite a lot of. Um, well, I think the important thing with Alpine is they've got a good car to go forward with. Ocon has done like, quite well. To who? be fair to him, Ocon. Ocon. Hey. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I agree. Like, if you look at the car, they are the fifth fastest. Which, um, from a point I of think, view, I think like, the car is probably faster than the Alpha. So yeah, I agree. So if you look at that for like consecutive seasons going forward, at least for the next four seasons, that's a good place to start off with. You know, you could be in Aston's shoes where you're the ninth fastest car, in which case you've got to gain one and a half seconds to get back into the midfield, where you look at the Alpine and they're like, well, we're a second off the leaders, so we've got to somehow get closer to them, but at least we're not one and a half seconds off the pace of everybody else. Well, okay, how much is that down to the drivers then at Alpine? Is a question that I think. I mean, um, you've got to think Alonso's. I think Alonso's doing well. He's 
certainly outperforming the car a little bit. Not a lot, not as much as I would say. He Bethany's. scored ten points, Cree. Well, yeah, but he could have had. I suppose it's a case of he could have, would have, should have. Didn't, isn't it? You know, he could have had a front row start at Australia and converted. Didn't. He should have converted the. What was the race after it where he was in a solid position and then fell to the like seventeenth because he got stuck behind rain of cars. Imola. Imola, yeah, Imola, yeah. He could have had a top ten finish, a, com- a solid top ten finish, but didn't. Fell, fell back because of pit strategy and things like that. I think Ocon could be doing more, and I think Alonso has just been unlucky. So on BBC's um, F1 Checker Flag podcast, uh, I said before that me and Jack Nichols' opinion aren't necessarily identical. Um, which is fair to say. Um, he called it was either he or Jolly Palmer called um, Esteban Ocon a journeyman in F1, which immediately then makes you think of Adrian Sutil, but um, that's not the point. Uh, do we think that um, Ocon has any kind of star power in F1? Ah, this was the point I wanted to bring up with um, with Norris. When you look at the future, right, like the future F1 stars, mm-hmm. you look at Ferrari and you go, Leclerc, hands down Leclerc. Yep. You look at Red Bull and you go, Verstappen. Perez. Oh, no, sorry, right. Yeah. You know, so, you, know, <laughs> you, you said Verstappen wrong. I know it's a bit difficult, but you said it wrong. You look at McLaren and you go, Lando Norris, absolutely Lando Norris. Yeah, you I can, would agree with that. 100%. If McLaren gave him a, a top three car, I can see him winning races. Absolutely see him winning races. Yeah. Definitely. You look at Ocon Mercedes. and you go, Well, Mercedes, do we say George well, Russell sorry, or do we yeah, say De Vries? Sorry, I missed Yeah, exactly. You look at Mercedes, George Russell, Nick De Vries. You look at, you look at Alpine and you go, Oscar Piastri. <laughs> 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 he's the one. <laughs> he's just, there's something about him. He's very, he's just boring. He's a, he's a boring bloke. I, I, I know some people like love him as a bloke, but I'm sat there going, I just... He's just a Frenchman. He's just tall. He's he's good with his hands in a in a race car. So he's what, he's what? so he's Adrian Sutil, but French. Yeah, I mean, I I just can't get excited when you watch him race. Like perfectly Yuki good Sonoda, driver. He's a bit. Of, he's a good driver. Yeah. No, I've got nothing about his driving skills. Like you take Yuki Tsunoda, he is a bit of a flash in the pan. He can like <laughs> hero, hero like and zero. Yeah, hero and zero. But it's good to watch. You look at Ocon and you just go, Oh, I'd rather watch Alonso and he's like. Crashing. You know, when Alonso's 65, I'd rather watch him race than Ocon. That's my opinion, anyway. I think Ocon is, yeah, he's a good driver and he's doing a decent job this season. Um, I don't think he's a driver who's really going to win many races. might have occasional win if the car ever is good enough or he gets a bit lucky. But I don't think what, he's... Like last year? Challenge. Yeah, well, I was yeah, going to exactly. say he's so boring. I forgot he won Hungary. <laughs> yeah, was, I mean, no, but he won that purely because Alonso was able to defend against Hamilton. Yeah. Really. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If if he'd had anyone else as a teammate, really, Hamilton probably would have won that race. Let's be honest. So let's be fair to Ocon. If he carries on his current trajectory, he will have his most successful season in terms of points in F one. What this year? Yeah. Which is, tells you how underwhelming the rest of his career has been in many ways. Mm. 
I think he should just go. He should do what any good person would think he does and go join Peugeot and its hypercar. <laughs> yeah, I think they'd snatch him up. French. I mean, they've just. French, I mean, our oh, French race. Well, if they, I mean, I mean yeah. if they're going to sign Magnussen, you know, well, they wanted. They wanted Magnussen. I can't remember. They've, they've got replaced they... him with somebody. No, because oh no 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 no, we can't. They can't do that. They've already got the they boring. No, no, they've they've already got the boring car ticked with Porter Resta. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah, I think the point is that Ocon just he's not he's not gonna he's just not gonna shine as much as like the other five drivers we've mentioned. Hmm. What no, about? I would agree. Now, I think the most disappointing person this season, debatably, has been. Oh no, I thought two. But I don't want to say the second one. I'm going to say Pierre Gasly, but I don't want to say the other one because <laughs> because uh, you can probably guess who it is. But um, uh, I guess who it is. Yeah, Pierre Gasly, um, six points. I think he just yeah. I mean he's, I think he's behind shit. Yeah, but but the fact he's behind Yuki says a lot. I think. Oh yeah, I forgot that. I forgot Yuki has more points than Pierre. Yeah. Just me. Um, there's four points in it. It's not a massive gap. Well, it is a massive gap when, you, when you have the eighth fastest car. Well, true. Yeah, um, all you can get is a tenth place. That's four races. Well, that's true. That is true. Um, <laughs> and when you think about the the carnage that Yuki has had at some of the races, well, <laughs> um, and the fact that he still is a, is ahead of his teammate. Admittedly, Pierre has retired from two races, whereas Yuki technically. Hasn't retired from any, although he didn't start as Saudi. I don't remember what happened there. Was his engine blowing up or something? It was electrical. Yeah, I think it was an electrical issue, which they've had a couple of times this year. Did he have it at Monza? I think. Was uh, it Monza where DNS? We haven't been to Monza yet. No, No, last year. Oh, right. As well, yeah. I think you're right. And it was both cars, didn't they? Yeah. Was it it Yuki DNS and Gazi DNS? I thought neither of them started. I don't think any of them started. No, I thought, thought um, Gasly got a pit. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant hmm. for that conversation. Yeah. But you, you're right. Like, considering Yuki's had a bit more luck on, on car. Yeah, but it, yeah, even had Pierre continued the race, would he have actually got any points? I don't no. know. Would he have done? He's, he's like, a... even, you're saying, oh, had he actually finished the races, he would have got more points. Like, would he have done? I think the... Sean's right. With the car being the eighth fastest, it's, it's a bit of luck. And a bit of skill. Perhaps, yeah. Perhaps. That's alright. Conver- I mean, conversely, uh, if Pierre Gasly goes on with his current streak uh, for the rest of the season, he'll have his worst F1 season of all mm. of so far. Which is ironic, really, because last year was probably one of his best. Um, it was. There you go. Not in terms of finishing position, but it was in terms of points. Hmm. Um, um, oh no, sorry, I'm telling you a lie. 2017, he scored no points at all. But so he, he he only had five races though, but that's not a point. So at what point do we think we see Yuri Vips in the Alphatari? I don't think. I don't think we will. Well, if Sonoda keeps going well, it depends. I thought a few couple of years ago. I think I wrote an article about it. I don't know if I did or not. I thought about it. Um, that Pierre Gasly should be going to Alpine before they signed Arcon, I think, or Alonso, one of the two. Um. And I still feel that is a better suit for him rather than a Red Bull B team. I was going to say, I do think clearly he struggled with the pressure of the main Red Bull team. 
But when you're in a team connected to Red Bull, like Alpatari is, you've always got that helmet Marco Alan Sugar finger <laughs> hanging over you, really, haven't you? He was only 23 at the time, though. No, and I mean, yeah, granted, but I don't think even if he was if he was in the Red Bull now, much more experienced driver, I don't think he'd be doing anywhere near job. Say that again. As good, a good job as who? Sergio. Mm, I agree. Um. So I mean, I think they've got the right person in the car at Red Bull. Um. But you have to think at some point there comes a point where they want to. Red Bull have got all of these young drivers about in without a drive where do they put them they put them in alpha tower it depends what I, I, I just leave it alone All right for the next couple of years well Perez has just signed a contract till 2024 I'd leave unless they unless Yuki or Pierre has a a mental breakdown and consistently crashes the car or finishes out of the <laughs> point while his team well yeah while his teammate is dominating like what happened last year with Pierre and Yuki I just leave it as it is. I know what you're saying. Like you know, the Red Bull has got this driver program that is meant to channel drivers into the teams, but you can't keep replacing drivers every other season. No, you know? I, don't, I do agree with that, and I do think they they've tried to sort themselves out recently because there was literally there was a spate where it was every six months, wasn't it? Hmm. Where yeah. they would I just get rid of the B driver and bring in someone new to see if they could match Max, and then couldn't. I suppose Yuki has a bit of a problem in the fact that one of the primary reasons he's in that seat is because it was a Honda that's influenced true. seat. Yeah. Whereas now you look at... Well, that's not really fair. Well, yeah. I'm not saying he wasn't there by merit. He definitely hmm. was there by merit. I'm just saying that there was probably an influence from Honda to try and get a yeah. Japanese driver in a Honda car. I mean, he, he, was, he was a better bet than um, Kvyat. Yes, true. Yeah, 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 true. And, and actually, one. and he certainly is better than Kvyat would be in the current situation. I still feel sorry for Kvyat with his F1 career, but that's that's irrelevant. Well, it was uh, going to end whether he liked it or not, even if he did, even if he was in the Red Bull seat. Because let's be honest, the last Russian driver lasted very long in the F1. Well, that's that's yeah, the under thing. the current a, a very different, situation. a very different circumstance. Um, but no, <laughs> you, you say Perez is thirty-two now. He's. Uh, 33 next year in January. He could feasibly I'd be surprised have... if they held on to him after 2024. Well, that's two more years. This is it. We saw, it? We s- well, let's, let's think. The, the, the modern, really good drivers in F1, mid 30s, is when they sort of get ushered away. You know, the likes of. I, I think somewhat Nick Perez is maybe similar to a Nick Heidfeld, maybe a bit better. I think he's yeah. Uh, was Hulkenberg that sort of age? Uh, Hulk, Nico's must be the same age as Sergio. <laughs> Would have thought so. He's thirty-four. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a bit similar thing to that. Then. Mm. But then, do you think you know? I think Michael Schumacher retired at forty. Wow. Was that that was the, that, second, the, time. the, the second time? Yeah. The proper time. Um, I don't know. It's hard. I mean, Kimmy, Kimmy was Kimmy forty one, or was he? He was he, definitely. He, he was too old, whatever he was. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, how old is Alonso? Nearly 50. about a million. He is forty. 
he already is 40. Um, in fact, he's 41 next month. Mm -mm. Um, hmm. It's hard. It's hard. I think. I, I yeah. I think that a lot of the grid could be set. A lot of it shouldn't. I mean, let's let's talk. Let, we've we saw glossed over. Let's talk about Valfrey Bottas moving to Alpha because that is a what is now a more experienced driver on on the field actually making a a good use of um their time left in F1. He's done a great job, hasn't he? It's a shame that uh, really the team the team is who they are, but uh, that's a that's a very personal thing <laughs> as to why I don't like that. But um, yeah, Valtteri Bottas done well. He's done, he's done a really good job of finishing behind Lewis Hamilton in every single race. He's uh, he's, he's you know kept his kept up his consistencies. Um, um, but he has looked fast. Generally speaking, he's looked pretty quick. Um, clearly not a not a terrible car based off of his pace. Yeah, but I mean, what's what's um, Joe Guan Yu, Guan Yu, Joe, whatever you want to call him? Uh, he's 18th in the standings with one point in his first race, which I think is what Sonoda did, isn't it, last year? Yeah, I think you're right. I think Joe's doing a good job. He's doing a good awesome. job. I don't think I don't, again, he's not I don't crashed think... the car. Uh, he's, he's, I'm not saying he's not, he has crashed the car, but he's not like DNF'd, I think. Uh, unless it's been a mechanical fault, I don't think it's DNA. Guan Yu is just doing exactly what he's done throughout his entire career uh, in F2, F3, and F4, uh, which is just be there. Yeah. Yeah, which I think, from his point of view, he's brought quite a bit of money, from my understanding, to to Alfa Romeo, or Salva. Salva Romeo. Um, you know, he's brought a plentiful amount of money. He drives the car, he does a solid job. And I reckon on his day, he'll finish in the points. And he has been. So, you know, as a rookie driver, can you ask any more from him? Not a lot. He's, he's, he's matching um, Bottas no, to some not. extent. Sorry, yeah. not matching. Apologies. He's close learning enough. from Bottas to... Yeah, he's yeah, exactly. He's close enough. Which, as I say, it's... um, You've got to give him credit where credit's due, in my opinion, anyway. So yeah, he's had one one points finish, but he's had two elevenths, which is only one point, one position out of the points. That's good. That's good maths, um, that, Sam. It is, yeah. Well done. <laughs> um, and a couple like the last few races have. I mean, if he can get back up to that kind of tenth, eleventh spot, then that's a decent mark for a rookie. So I think that's that's that should be his aim. Really, it's just a, more points. Obviously, that sounds. Really if he can get decent points finishes consistently, that's pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Um, so, right, let's let's start. Let's just start wrapping up by going to the uh, end of what, what we're expecting after a third of the season. So, you've missed who, Ferrari. Well, may, maybe that's um, maybe that's needed. Um, who's going to win the championship? <laughs> the clerk. Who's win the championship? The clerk for Stappen Perez. That's it, really. But I think Charles. I still think Charles. Why? Uh, I think I'll be snapping. I think the Red Bull is fast enough in both race trim and qualifying trim, and consistent enough. Albeit it's had a few mechanical glitches, and with the team that's behind the staff, I can't see them messing up 
Okay. So I can see. I, I think it's Verstappen. I think he'll get his second. Sam, what do you think? I do think Charles Leclerc. Why? Um, I just think the Ferrari seems to be the most fully sorted out car at every track, whereas the Red Bull seems to be fairly quick everywhere, but it would go to some circuits and then struggle so initially, and then they would get it sorted out and it comes good in the race. Um, and I think eventually there's only so much to do. I think you have to be more on it, and Ferrari seems to be on it from the beginning of FP1 right yeah. the way through the weekend. Well, I did put the money where my mouth was, and I said Leclerc to win, uh, as I know him as 60 quid, because that's what I'll win if, uh, he did, if he does win the title. I don't think the car is good enough in the race trim in terms of its top speed and ease to to be overtaken that's worrying me yeah, that's a fair point it seems to be quite draggy because it is slow on the straight but it is the fastest car yes over one lap um i think that if Ferrari can trim out to use an indy car expression uh the current car that will be make it a big contender and i think that <laughs> problem is I think the Ferrari aren't as good a team as Red Bull to actually deliver the championship I mean you just have to look at the fuck up at Monaco to understand how badly Ferrari needs somebody to stabilise the ship on a, on, a, on an organisational point of view because I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Matteo Bernotto and he's his only team, a team of senior engineers but clearly principal. there is something going horrifically wrong Yes, but I mean, it's still considerably better than it has been for the last 10 years at Ferrari. Oh, it's definitely getting better. It's definitely better, isn't it, the last few years. But but you're right. That Monaco mis, just miscommunication, that can't be happening if you want to win the championship. I don't see why they just don't speak Italian on the radio. That'd be much easier, wouldn't it? I'm pretty certain the clerk and science both understand it. They do. I know that science, maybe not science. I don't everything. think the language is the problem. Well... It, it it would remove it's a, a decision man. No, but it's it would still remove man. a barrier. It would remove well, a Well you probably find that the communication within the team that's not translated from the um race engineer to the driver, all of the other internal communication will most likely be in Italian. I do I can't imagine to... I can't imagine the engineers talking in English. I can imagine them talking in Italian. Then why bother but doing English at all when I do I think that's something to do with the FIA. And I think no, the official you, language is English. And sure, that's the official so language, but I don't think you have. I, I, you can't. You can't have to speak to your drivers in, um, in English. That's the ridiculous rule. If it is true, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find that out. I'm gonna okay. get. I'm gonna get Al to search through the FIA technical documents, which he will love doing, and he will yes, and, he and, will. and and tell him to find me that line that says that you must say any communications in in English. Because if though that is a ridiculous rule. And I'm calling you out, FIA. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I think that Verstappen will win. I still want Leclerc to win. You uh, can't do that. I just did. So there. Uh, constructors. <laughs> well, I think Red, Red Bull. Bull. Red Bull. Yeah. Um, unless they start having a lot of um, engine problems. Yeah. Or unless Sergio miraculously keeps crashing. Has because he... that's kind of oh. what Carlos is doing at the moment. Oh, Carlos Sainz is doing a great job of crashing. Yeah. I'd I, I score him at least a seven on that. Um, 
He's had no luck at all, has he? Poor Carlos. Um, well, no, he's just showing so. what he's always shown, which is he's not as good as he thinks he is. Nah. Yeah. Sorry, so, sorry Mum. You know, I know you're a fan of Carlos, but uh, no. <laughs> um, or, oh, Mercedes is going to make the big comeback that everyone keeps saying they're going to do on Sky Sports no. F1. No, they'll stabilise the position. How far back yeah. will they be? I think... I think Hamilton will win. His, I think Hamilton will be the first Mercedes driver to win a race. No. I can mm. just see it being that way. It will be Sod's law and just George's luck if it is. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I mean. That's the kind of season. thing that goes on, yeah. But we, yeah. Want, we want George to win. Oh, of course we want George to win, but he won't win the first race. It'll be Hamilton. Nah, I reckon George will just pummel him and then Hamilton will go crying off to... Uh, whichever clothes shop that he wants to go to that week to buy some new horrible outfits. And there you go. It would be quite funny if George did what Ricardo did to Vettel. That would be quite funny. I mean, yeah, I mean, George is doing what Ricardo did to Vettel so far. In my opinion. Mm. No, I would agree. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um... That's going to do it, I think. We've been almost an hour, so I think that's uh, probably enough for a first third of the season. We don't want to do um, <laughs> what we did a few years ago and have a 14-hour one. Um, yeah, any other closing remarks for this season so far? First third? I just I just hope Haas goes back to where it was at the beginning of the season because yep. yeah. it was brilliant to watch them like fifth. I think it was Magnussen qualified Kevin fifth. Magnuson. Kevin Magnussen overtaking Lewis Hamilton. Made my day. Oh, Made my day. Oh, mate. If it, he'd said that last year, that in the race two of the season, a Haas would overtake a Mercedes, and it would be Kevin Magnussen driving it and overtake Oh, What? <laughs> what universe are I don't, you I don't think it's quite as good as when Sato overtook Alonso in Canada in 2007. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was quite okay. that good, but it was pretty good. We do. Uh, we should make it clear. We do like Haas. We don't like. Yeah, of course we do. No, we so we, 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 we but we love taking the piss we out of like them. The team. Yeah, we, we love, love the yeah. team. We but it's much more fun and much better content taking the piss out of them. Yeah, <laughs> well, true. <laughs> but we do want Kevin's Haas to do well. A great job. We haven't really spoken about Haas, but Kevin's doing a really, really good job. Been a bit disappointed with. No, let, let's wait till Mick scores some points, then we'll talk about Haas. Anyway, yeah. that's, that's going to do it for this episode of Stealthy Auto Show. Thank you very much to Chris and Sam for joining me. Anytime. Anytime. And um, Sam, bad luck at Indy 500. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Cheers, <laughs> um, That's going to do it. Take care and goodbye. Follow us on whatever social media you want. I don't care. Bye. Bye. <laughs>